Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Eric, I feel like we're related. Like, are you we my are. long lost brother? Sister. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we have Jess Rothschild on the podcast. You listen to her pod called Hot Takes and Deep Dives, and you should be listening to the brand new series called Finding Fire Island, which features icons like Joel Kim Booster, Margaret Cho, Brian Moylan, and more. And I gotta say... It's such a great chat with Jess, not only to talk about the queer oases that are Fire Island and P-Town, but the good news is, is I'm going to one of those queer oases on the West Coast this very week. You see, I'm in a funk, y'all. Post-Pride funk. Anyone else? Just such a letdown from all the excitement, travel, busyness. My therapist says, I just need to take a break and enjoy. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to one of those gay nudie beaches in a few days. And you will be hearing stories next week. Unless it's a disaster. I mean, I'll still tell you about it, but I might lie. Um, (laughs) I want to say that for this week's episode, we talk about the Fire Island mistake that I made during my only time going. And also how Jess became friends with your biggest crush from the real world New Orleans television show. If you have not yet left a five-star review for this podcast, I'm realizing the amount of people that listen and the amount of reviews we have, the math ain't mathin'. So do me a favor right now, click the five stars and write a cute review if you have not yet. And I really mean that. It's a big way for people to listen to the podcast if they see that other people like it. So do me that favor. And also, if you don't support the podcast on Patreon, consider it yearly. It is $5 a month for ad-free apps, and I'll be posting the recent Gay Ass Live show videos there enjoy this episode take care of yourself and stay gay
Jess Rothschild on that's a gay ass podcast. You listen to her hot dicks and her deep dives. You listen to her find Fire Island, the docu-series, and you listen to her on this motherfucking podcast. Jess, thank you for coming on. It's a gosh darn honor. Okay, a couple things. I just want to say that I listen to you on a fellow gay ass podcast okay and i i did mention this to you like separately in a private dm but i'm gonna let the world know it now i'm not gonna name the podcast but it was run by two professionals we'll just say that (laughs) two professional gays and the way in which you fucking took the reins and ran that show it was be honest be honest was it a monstrous taking of the reins no it was necessary (laughs) Because I've listened to other episodes of that show, and I have wanted to jump into the podcast app and take the reins myself. And you said this Jew pretended he was Santa Claus, pulled back on the reindeer, and flew to Hanafe. <laughs> I mean, I, and and that was when, I mean, I've been listening to you since the beginning, but I was like, just listening to you on that other show truly oh. run circles and like just like fully interviewed the other people was... <laughs> That is what needs to be done sometimes. Now, let me say something, Jess. You are such a great host yourself, and I have been deeping diving and hot taking and also listened to your new full, like, tour de force of famous icons in Finding Fire Island. And for you to say that to me is so, I so very much appreciate that, and I'm just grateful that we finally got to have you on because... uh, there's a lot to dive into, and I hope you're. I hope that you are okay with me hot taking your past. I uh, oh, what do you have on me? I'm ready. Okay, so first question number one: You have interviewed so many incredible queer icons. I'm talking Rosie. I'm talking Mario Cantone. I'm talking Margaret Cho, Melissa Etheridge, Bob the Drag Queen, Dave Holmes, Brian Moylan. Many of these people, friends of this gay ass pod. If you had to be stuck on an island between Margaret Cho and Sandra Bernhardt, you can only choose one person to be stuck with. There's actually like electricity and like bars and shit, but you just it's the two of you stuck. Who do you choose? Sandra. Ooh, Here's why. I, tell me. Here's why. Now that I've I've interviewed Margaret several times, like over the years, like I used to be a writer. Like I first interviewed her like well over 10 years ago. She's actually like very she's a little bit of like a recluse. Mm. With San Sandy is my people. Like she will mm. sit there and talk shit with me. She'll mm-hmm. I know that she watches the same TV. She'll sit there and talk about how horrible and just like that is written with me. Margaret, she'll be like, yeah, I don't have a TV. <gasps> no, I mean, I'm making that up, but I, I imagine oh, that's yeah, 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 what yeah, yeah. she would say. And if you're stuck on an island, honey, this shit has to be dragged out. You've got to talk about Miranda's arc. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to get there. I have to say, I hope we can make this part. I, I, in part of my preparation for this was I just crammed episode one of Welcome to Crappy Lake. <gasps> Me too. Oh, good, good, good. Because... <laughs> I feel like in the 22 minutes of that episode, and just like that, can take a lot of tips from the the first episode of Crappy Lake on things that they can – there are uh, quite a few – I could write an essay on the things they could take. Oh, 100%. And help me bridge the gap between my opinion of Luann being – not a good person but such good TV. Why is it that I'm watching her – 
year after year, show after show. And then, you know what it is? I think maybe she just understands the form. And she said, "I in, with the, without the cameras, I'm not going to grab this disgusting 40-pound catfish by the lower gum. But if there's a crew here and there's a boom mic, chomp, chomp, my hand's going down the gullet. They got a fat check. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Crappy Lake was supposed to be on Peacock. And they were like, this is being promoted to Bravo. That was like a last minute switcheroo. Do you think it's because the the footage was so good or because they had nothing? Had nothing on Bravo? Yeah, like they didn't have enough programming or like the things weren't good enough. I think, okay, my theory is they wanted more people to see it. And Mm. also, I think they know they've got a flop with Roni. With the new Roni, oh. which I all you and I also have an iconic connection with. We our, do. Well, we are joined. Do you? The, we. we I know you're pa- going. Into- we're part of the ecosystem of casting Jen Alliance. Which, it, by the way, I have not publicly. So Carolyn Bergier, who one hosts of, who's Diking one, Out, one of my best friends. Yes, and I've seen your gorgeous vacation photos with <laughs> Carolyn. By the by, a lot of people think that we're in a thruple, like me. No, oh, it did not uh, her not her pass wife. through my mind. It did not not pass through my mind of thinking about you all three it's, assuming. It's, it's, I've been asked that question, and the answer is unfortunately no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I kind of think fortunately because it shows that you have good boundaries, and I think that could have <laughs> yeah. been messy no, if you're would, in Cartagena with a married couple. I've seen enough dyke drama in my life. I'm retired from the di- I'm looking for like a nice person that's not going to destroy my life. But anyway, please continue. Let's, let's manifest. Let's manifest. <laughs> but I truly I have not I don't know why I haven't. It's almost like I'm afraid to claim any part of the story even though I probably should. I I, I So let's just let's get into it. Jenna Lyons is one of the new cast members on the Real Housewives of New York new season. New I mean, revamp, she's, if she's you the will. face of it. The face, really. And tell the girls who Jenna Lyons is. In the world, Jenna Lyons in the world is a very successful businesswoman. She she ran J Crew for twenty mm-hmm. years, and she became and basically amassed like a fortune doing that. And she was outed by the New York Post. She was in a meeting. Basically, she had divorced. She was going through a divorce with her husband. Um, got into a relationship with a woman, and they were not out about it. And then she was in a meeting at J Crew, and got a phone call from the New York Post saying, "We're if you don't come out with this, like we're pr- we have photos and we're printing this." And so I'm sure she'll, she'll tell. I'm sure she'll tell a version of that on Roni, like a right. shortened version of it. But that's what happened. So that's who she is in the world. Did she end up coming out herself, or did? The publication run the news. I believe they ran it first. I think. Well, we're going to say it's fact because um, we can say whatever the fuck we want on this chaos <laughs> podcast. So what ended up happening is when uh, Carolyn and Melody came on uh, That's a Gayest Podcast, I know that they had interviewed her. Yes. And I don't remember whose idea whose idea was it for, for did what? they pitch okay, for her no, to so be this, a real housewife? Is, this is what happened. Okay. I'm in the audience, right? Right. And I had recently got me- Carolyn had never seen a stitch of Bravo before. Right. And so I had given her an assignment like months back, start at season seven of Roni and like make your way forward. Like that's the jumping off point. And she became obsessed. So now she's all about Bethany and Carol, whatever. And we also have a whole conspiracy theory that Carol's gay. 
But that's neither here nor there. That's a And it's also, I I will like to add my agreement to that. Continue. Sidebar. So they book Jenna Lyons for a live episode of Diking Out. I'm in the audience. And that week, I had interviewed Luann for, I don't know what she was promoting, but Mm -hmm. I interviewed her. And in that interview, I said what the show really needs is a lesbian housewife or a trans housewife. And I said, this would, this is before they split the shows in two. Like this was before all of that happened. And she was like, I'm down for it. So I basically had her on the record and like articles were written that like lesbian, not, oh my God, the articles were written, Luann wants a lesbian housewife. So cut to a few days later, I'm sitting in the audience and Carolyn knows all of this is going on. So she, I I believe, we haven't really pulled the thread this long, but I think she was like, would you ever do housewives? Mm-hmm. It's because it was right. all like percolating and she was like, yeah, like I would do – she's like, I want to do a reality version of the L word. And then I think Carolyn was smart enough to be like, how about the Real Housewives? And she was Ugh. like, yes. And that's how you know the good podcasters are asking the good questions because it was in the lesbizeitgeist. It was and- in the zeitgeist. And then what What happened after that? Then, Then they went on your show. And we talked about – her potentially being a housewife and then i think i put out a clip of it or maybe even just a picture of of editing all the faces of the roni women but adding yes. miss jenna lyons to it and then did jenna send that to andy cohen unclear she either sent that to andy cohen or i then had the two of them on to talk about the roni split in which we mm. tell exact the story, <laughs> everything that we've now the audience now the listeners are caught up. <laughs> we retell all of this, and I clipped out that entire like eight minute conversation of us, like basically pitching Jenna mm-hmm. Lyons. I throw that on YouTube with like the Roni, the logo, the cast, Jenna Lyons, and that video circulated a lot. So I think it was like a three-pronged approach. It was like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all had a hand in the pot. But of course, Angie will say it was his idea. <laughs> and let him. I mean, <laughs> listen, if if Andy says he threw the first brick of Jenna Lyon's face, then we're the ones who put the clay in the mold. But can you just can you just imagine our reaction when she walks <laughs> out at BravoCon? <laughs> Do you even know the text message? Like, it was like an emergency. It was an emergency of epic well, proportions. Well, especially, it's, it's layered because we've never had a fully blown Les on <laughs> the Real Housewives of New York, or really, I think, any housewife. I know we've had our bi girls. I know we've had... I'm, as a professional lesbian, I'm saying there's never been a real one. Okay, until okay. So, Jenna yeah, I, I'll take it from you. So then, Jenna Lyons, like, it's the fact that we have discussed percolated and then to have her and is the show gonna be good or bad honestly it's already a win that we know she's on it and will i be watching every week at least for the first few weeks but i hope but crappy like i i will be watching every single week yeah. i mean I, I will be doing that so that's that i mean i know they filmed they filmed a scene at henrietta hudson Sure, of course. I also want to just give a shout out to Carolyn. She DM'd me on Instagram with a uh, 
screen grab of the New York Times article where she had been interviewed about Jenna and she had said that another gay podcaster had put this graphic together and that was me and she was like I told them your name but they didn't add it so I want to give her the shout out for saying thank you for telling them my name New York Times you're canceled for not including me but also I have that I have this weird relationship to I think because I live in LA now I, I want to not be a clout chasing name dropping and I think I'm maybe going a little too far in that direction because I think I should just like let the world know that um, Jenna Lyons, I'm a part of the, the his the history. Eric, I feel like we're related. Like, are you we my are. long lost brother? Sister. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Okay, Why continue. Are we, well, I actually think because we are related, I need to ask you the famous podcast question, which is just Rothschild. Let's get into this fucking shoot. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? It's got to be Madonna. <gasps> Rest in the hospital bed, Madonna. We hope no, she was no, she was just seen walking on the streets of the Upper East Side. Breaking. I news. did see that, and I did hear that she's going to try to do the tour in the fall, starting in Europe. But Jess, what a great answer! And by the way, we have not talked about Madonna enough on this gay ass podcast. So paint the pitch. Are we? Is there a specific song? Vid? Is it sexual? Is it pop cultural musical? What are we talking? <laughs> I think, okay, I was born in 82, okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm 40. So, I was a huge Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson fan. Like, 89 was my era. I was living Mm. it, okay? Mm. That is when, like, A Prayer came out. The next year is when The Immaculate Collection came out. To coincide with The Immaculate Collection, they put out a DVD of all of her videos. Or maybe it was a VHS tape. Who Who knows? Either way, I bought it on like any medium. It <laughs> and I think there was such a covert element of gayness yes. to every single video of hers that even though I didn't have the language to be like, I'm gay. And of course, a lot of it was gay men. I think it all just I just related to all of it. I was like, oh, this is my shit. Well, that's what I love about everything that you work on in your energy and your essence is that you are so, I think, in touch with your queerness that it transcends stereotype of just like lesbians do this, gay men do this. It's like, no, you, honey, you paint the rainbow. And I think Madonna is a part of that rainbow. I think Bravo is a part of that rainbow. For me, a color of my rainbow was Janet Jackson when I was very young watching the videos. There was something about her sexiness and like i don't know if it was like the way that her push-up bra showed me the perfect perky tits but like i know that i wasn't going to fuck her but there was something about the energy emanating that might have been something with the madonna for you my it's funny my friend who's in finding fire island his name is ben rimmelauer and he was luann's cabaret director cabaret director of course and all roads lead to roni so he's one of my closest friends and he's deep in my text messages every minute i'm getting madonna status updates you know he's he's deep in it and apropos of nothing he goes when did you this was last week goes when did you find madonna at her sexiest like what Mm. era and i'm like oh that's such an interesting question because i was never like sexually it was never like a sexual thing with her but i was like oh well now that i have an opportunity to think about it i think it was post sean penn uh, divorce that was the moment it was when she was hanging around with madonna and ingrid caceres and jennifer gray and debbie mazar maybe that was when i turned gay maybe that's actually if we really 
if we really drill down and get yeah. the hardcore data on me, that's what the computer would show. It's the power women post. It's her post Sean Penn divorce, which unfortunately, I'm not proud to say this, but in that era, I really did thinking about the way my tongue would approach Sean Penn's balls. Okay. He's not a good guy now, but back in the day, there was something about the jaw. There's pictures of them together. It's the same thing with um, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. Bad, bad guy. Bad, bad guy. And yet, you think about it. And then you think about it. So yeah, that's your turn. That is such a gorgeous answer. And I have to say, there's something about the Madonna fandom that is unlike any other. I have two friends here in LA who would truly die for her. And one of those friends was supposed to go to Vancouver for his birthday to see her concert. And then, of course, her health stuff now has been a huge, huge deal. And I, it does seem like she's going to be okay, right? I I think so. I trust Rosie and Debbie Mazar with their Instagram posts Ugh. saying that she's okay. Do you have a feeling about, I know that Madonna obviously in the early part of her life was huge. What do you feel about her current way of expressing, her current look? What is that? How does that resonate with you? It's so challenging for me as a Madonna fan, like people like friends of mine, like real life friends of mine be like sending me like all the weird shit she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't relate with that in any way. It's like the Madonna that I knew like is kind of gone. Um, I loved Madame X. I loved the Madame X yeah. theater tour. I saw it three times. It was phenomenal. Mm. How do I reconcile her putting shit in her ass? Like, wh- how do I deal with that? How do any of us reconcile with anyone doing that? And also, but like, I, changing her face. It's like, we know what you look like. And, like, yeah. why did she have to, like, get those, like, huge tits? Like, she had... This woman had the best body in the world. She had a dancer's body. There's no better body mm-hmm. than a dancer's body. Athletic, mm-hmm. muscles, all of it. And to, like, fill it with fat intentionally in the ass, I don't understand. Well, it's the thing that makes me sad, and I think it speaks to a bigger question, uh, is how do you relate the new things that our icons are doing to try to stay relevant when they don't actually jive with their essence? And I think that what you said really hits me hard, because I think about sometimes when something happens with Britney Spears that is cuckoo. Oh, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, okay, well, that feels very different from the Britney I grew up with. When Whoopi Goldberg says something about the Holocaust. Honey, I disassociate faster than you can say back in the habit. And so (laughs) it's the very same question of when our people, our icons, our saviors, our mothers do something that really doesn't even feel right or okay or. I mean, like, could you imagine? Imagine if Roseanne was your number one. Oh, God, can we all pour one out for the Roseanne stands? It's like, I think about that. It's like, well, now, like, you have to be completely out. But, like, with Madonna, this is a different... Listen, I still love her music. She has... They, I don't... There's only one album that I didn't enjoy. In her entire catalog, MDNA yeah. is the only thing that I did not like. Which, when you think about her discography, yeah. that's a pretty great record. Like, is I there love anyone Madame for X. you right now that you that you've had to abandon the fandom? Because of their current actions, I'm. I don't know if there is one for me. I mean, because like, I, w- I unfortunately, Whoopi could do a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would probably stay on board. I think Madonna is the closest. 
Okay, if we're taking Madonna out of the out of the equation, in the sense that like I don't study her Instagram, like yeah, I yeah. don't. Um, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, is there anybody? I listen. I was Bethany. I was Bethany's number one. Actually, same. This is I a good was, one. I was Bethany's number one fan on the face of the planet, and when she's losing me, she's down bad. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me the moment that you, that she lost you. Was it was it the new HBO series? That oh was no, that terrible? I fucking loved. That was iconic, <laughs> and the fact that they ripped that off of HBO Max. It dep- I would watch that tonight. I'm going to drag you and say that the Titanic was shipping and you were playing the orchestra on Bethany's boat. Let me just say that much. Um, so then what, was it the TikTok presence? It was the podcast endeavor. Sure. Can we talk about this? She put out an episode of her podcast last week. The title is, it's four minutes long. Episode title is Happy July 4th. There are four ads in it. It's two and a half minutes of ads. We don't fuck with the four minute app with the four ads. No, that's just that. That is criminal, especially like, that's just criminal for any media, but especially for a podcast to try to money grab me. Uh, uh-uh. I think I find it embarrassing when these celebrities have podcasts for whatever reason. It It's like, I don't know. I find it a bit embarrassing. Well, you can only imagine what the conservative girlies are saying about Meghan Markle stopping her podcast with all that money from Spotify and then only having X amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I heard some stuff. I read yeah. some stuff. So when I am a you know household name billionaire uh, and if I come out with a new podcast, honey, if it's a four minute episode, it's going to be four minutes of me moaning <laughs> and giving really good content and maybe one commercial. But speaking of good content, I need to congratulate you on two things. One is just the fact that Finding Fire Island, your docker series, came out. I've not only listened to the first app, I've loved it, but I've also realized that a week ago, almost to the day, you had your 15-year anniversary of your first Fire Island experience, July 4th of 2008. And I want to say Mazel Tov. And how do you feel? 15 years! I did realize it, because I was I was talking to my mom, and she was like, when did you first go? And I was like, actually and then like i counted the year and yeah that is crazy by the way the way the only reason i even know that date well i knew i always knew the invasion aka the big july 4th annual event i always knew that that was my first time but the year i dug back on facebook my photos that was how i i wouldn't have been you know i wouldn't have known one of the only good things about facebook is like the doc like i was trying to show a friend a picture the other day and it was just like my ex my ex my ex my ex and i was like okay Mm. it's a funny time capsule into memorable moments both good and bad and one of the things i love about not only have you just the people on the series like of course brian moylan i love you have him you talk to matt rogers joel kim booster i mean Margaret Cho, there's something so beautiful about you talk to remind me of the the drag queen's name who's 90. Okay, so yeah, so his name is Bob Levine, but Rose is his he goes by Rose Levine. That's I mean, come his. on. The fact that you think that me, a gay ass Jew, is not going to love Rose Levine, the 90 year old drag queen from Fire Island. Girl, I he did a show the weekend of July 4th. I saw he's still performing. I just saw him perform a week and a half ago singing. And his voice is like strong. I'm gonna take. I'm Bolt gonna. Splits. I'm gonna send you videos of him. Full oh, please! Drag singing live singing. Well, it just really hits me when I think about someone of that age who has been doing this for so long, and also like being gay and queer in the 50s and 60s. I want to tell you something. I got a DM from a listener 
yesterday that I'm going to read to you because it really oh. it hit me hard. And I, I haven't done this much on the podcast, but this is uh, someone messaged me a sweet message that they like the podcast. And I was like, oh, man, that really means a lot. Thank you. And then they sent me this. They said, one of the reasons I listen is to hear how young gay people are navigating life these days. I'm 63 years old, have been with my husband for 30 years, married six years, and monogamous the whole damn time. We're still very much in love and still enjoy each other sexually. We laugh each day and love our lives. We love to hear you and your guests' youthful takes on all things gay. And we're so thankful for your generation's energy and put a lot of hope in you. Although times have changed, our culture, it's clear that the one thread that ties us all together is gay trauma. It seemed to be getting so much better until the crazies started taking over, but keep up the good work. Are you kidding? That's unbelievable. I mean, it just hit me so hard because I, as you know, have really reckoned with a lot of the traumas and shitty things that I I was told and we were told. And then this podcast has really been like pointing them out to me and helping in healing. But I think about those people who, you know, are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s now. And it's just like, I know we all have the trauma that we can discuss, but it's so different when you were literally fired from your job when it was found out. Yes. We talk about that a lot in in the fire island podcast yeah. like the, the raids um like a guy talks Ugh. about like living through ra- it's, it's actually it's in the episode that's coming out this week this week is centered on the pines and guy mm-hmm. talks about living through raids and yeah they would if when guys were i want to first of all i really want to dive deep i need to know if you've you were in new york forever did you go to so, fire I, I want to totally do this with you i'm glad you asked because a lot of your podcast resonates so hard with me i went one time and I went with my now husband, who at the time we were just dating, and he had gone with his ex-boyfriend. So there was already a bit of a layer of like, I'm going into their territory. And the long story short is that I felt very overwhelmed. And um, a lot about what you talk about on the, the show is so true with me, which is like, there's this sort of divide between feeling safe because you're allowed to be queer in yourself and on the other side feeling like am i hot enough am i rich enough am i boo 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 and i was very young i mean i was like 24 maybe 25 and i know that if i were to go now and i plan to go in the next chapter of my life it would feel different because i'm so much more at peace with myself but at the at that time i was really overwhelmed and um i where where were you in the pines I was in the pines and I only, I went for like a little like 24 hours like a very short did, trip. Did and you so, you stayed overnight? I did not stay over. I like I like went early so I actually less than 24 hours. I went like early in the morning and then I did not stay over. So you took the you did the whole train to the shuttle to the ferry. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. Like I st- of course started out doing day trips. Like everyone mm-hmm. starts out I I short doing day trips and then eventually you graduate in like you have people and of course right. you're you're making more money you can afford to stay there overnight eventually right. you know hopefully in your 30s but i think a day trip like misses the point i it, think like, i would have to it's agree the longest day of your life <laughs> it is you're not an optimal place to be like i'm gonna let loose and let my freak flag fly you're like no i have uh four more hours until i have to go back on that treacherous journey back to my and so, devastating and apartment. so much of the magic is the night like seeing the night the night activity like how it looks at night seeing the moon over the ocean and that's when all the shows are there you know some of these things don't start till like 10 11 o'clock 
and and on then and then on the flip side waking up there waking mm. up to the sound of the ocean taking a walk getting coffee sitting by the canteen doing the thing seeing the boats in the harbor that's I want to be vibe. so honest with you because that is so, sounds so beautiful. And obviously, I'm obsessed with the movie Fire Island. I love mm. the sunset scene. What do they say? Like, you did it, girl. You sat. Ugh, it's just. And I'm going to be so honest with you. I was just in New York a couple weeks ago and I was like, I want to do one night out, one gay night out. So I was like, where do people go? I went to a couple of gay bars and I realized that I have zero regrets about the time I spent in New York. But the only thing that I wonder about why this happened in the path of my life is why did I not have the queer awakening that I could have had there? And let me be fully transparent. I had definitely a queer awakening. I went to NYU. I like fucking came out right before and like fucked and sucked and dated and all that. But I didn't find I didn't do like I don't think I went full tilt in a way that I know I will be doing it for the rest of my life when i go back well, to new do, york and make what that do you, happen what do you mean like are you talking about i'm talking about like a like a a, a group of queers that we go out and we talk community. about the community and yeah. i think and then the, the house in fire island and i've never been to p-town oh and, my I, God. and i yes and i hear about these things and even on finding fire island and i have friends in la who are planning trips and i'm just like i there was something about my journey that that didn't come into play yet Gay summer life is what I live for. Like, even though, like, obviously, I love Fire Island, I dedicated the last, like, nine months of my life making this series about it. But the honest truth is, in some ways, in a lot of ways, Provincetown's even better. I've heard that, and I'm da i e which like good. Y- you know don't don't let the news out you know too much I like know. the person, but I mean I could see even doing an episode of my doing an episode of hot takes, doing a deep dive, doing like a bottle episode, which like yeah. I've done in the past. Like I've done the rise and fall of Gawker, I've done a whole thing on the cult of Soul Cycle. I love doing that shit. I would do one on Provincetown, yeah. Because it's so different. Like, it offers... It's a totally... What would you say is the, the biggest difference between P-Town and Fire Island? P-Town is an actual town. Mm-hmm. Like, you need a CVS, you're out, we got you. Thank God. There's, restu- there's restaurants. There's, like, you could be in P-Town for two weeks, never eat at the same restaurant twice, and, like, and never see the same show twice. I'm obsessed. And you can also use a $3 off coupon at CVS and feel every rush of life. Yes. Continue. (laughs) And you can like go on bike rides. Like you can like rent a bike, go all around. Fire Island is so much. Fire Island is tiny. Mm. There's boardwalks. There's no cars. On like Provincetown, like you will have to like deal with the occasional like car getting in your fucking way or like a biker like getting in your way. So that's so peaceful that like you're walking everywhere. It's just boardwalk and it's house culture. That's the difference. P-Town, people do rent houses and people do certainly cook in the houses. But Mm -hmm. Provincetown is known for its like incredible seafood. Like you, you eat out. Like Ben Rim, Ben see. Rimmelauer says he's like, Ben Rimmelauer says in I think the first episode when I go to Provincetown he goes it's a vacation. I want right. to eat every meal out. I want to see Dina Martina at least once a week. Like the Fire Island, it's like how am I gonna? What am I? Are we gonna cook? Yeah. How are we? It's a lot of um trying to figure out logistics. But then of course there's the magic on top of it. But I think that that you need to be equipped to figure out how to build 
the trip that you're looking for, whereas P-Town is kind of like you have 50 million things to choose from is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Fire Island is very much house culture, particularly in the pines. Like that's what all those boys are doing. Like they're cooking at home and like you have a pool and like that's the whole vibe. In Cherry Grove, which by the way, you can just walk to like in Fire Island, everybody who's listening to this, I'm sure knows it's the pines in Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove, there actually are restaurants. There are like Mm -hmm. three Maybe like three or four. Kind I mean, three four. three that I would eat at. There's like two that I wouldn't <laughs> step foot in. And there are show. I mean, there are shows in both. Like you can certainly see drag shows like every night. And, yeah. And like Betty Who just performed. Like um, I'm seeing Patti Lapone in August at the Ice Palace in Cherry oh. Grove. So like co- Cherry Grove is more commercial. There's, you know, you can get pizza, that type of vibe. And I do, I'm realizing now what is so exciting about our time on this earth is that we are having these experiences where you know in about 30 years from now when you're talking to the youngins and you say you saw Patti LuPone perform during a gay summer of 2023, like that's going to be like in, in the a Batman room that holds that In a room that holds 300 people and... It's funny. The, the I'm friendly with well, actually the guy who now owns the Ice Palace. He's in the series, and so he talks a lot about like booking the talent and like it, there's a big episode where he talks about getting Liza Minnelli to perform there. Oh. And so when we recorded after we recorded is when he said, "By the way, like I got Patty. Here's the date, whatever, to make sure I could <gasps> go." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm dealing with her rider right now, and in her rider was that it has to be 68 degrees, girl." <laughs> The Ice Palace, this is where they have the underwear party. Like the underwear party yeah. you saw in the movie Fire On. Dude, yeah. that room is like 80 degrees on a good day. How, so how I don't, in the hell? I, I think he's putting in air conditioning. I don't know what he's doing. Listen, for Patty, we move mountains. He's moving a 68 mountain. degrees. Okay, mm-hmm. um, when you have the ability to be demanding like Patty, what, what's in your rider? What, what do you want backstage? Is it like a peanut butter M&M? I think also I want it to be 68 degrees, actually. <laughs> I mean... Temperature is very important to me. Um, not many people know that. Um, <laughs> uh, what's in my rider? I think, you know... Okay, you know what? Like, maybe some goldfish crackers. Hell yeah. Which, I'm so glad we're bringing <laughs> up snacks because one of the bigger um, headlines of the week is that Costco apparently brought back something, which is the animal cracker covered in Reese's chocolate... Oh, that's delicious. So I just want to make sure everyone knows to head to your Costco. Hashtag not sponsored yet. Um, Wait, so you've, another... never, you've never been to Provincetown either. Jess, I know. Can you believe? You have, you have to do this. And and what's great, what also the other thing I want to say about Provincetown in a way that differs from Fire Island, P-Town, P- the whole summer is broken up into themed weeks. So like there's Bear Week, which I feel like you'd really enjoy. There's Bear Week. There's like Baby Dyke Week. Wait, tell me why I'd enjoy Bear Week is because I have body hair because you can see me putting my I thought I in. thought you like body hair. Oh, I do. So therefore, you'd go for Bear Week. It's a, the world is your oyster. <laughs> you said one plus one is two, yeah. bitch. And I said, you're right. There's there's a week called, there's Carnival, which is like their version of like Halloween. Well, well actually, mm-hmm. I take that. It's their version of like Mardi Gras. It's like every, but then they also have Spooky Bear, which is their actual Halloween. I'm going this October. I'm going to Spooky Bear. 
By the way, your Halloween expeditions included a, a party through New Orleans with Danny Roberts from the real. I wasn't you the real stalked from the, the real, shit out of me. <laughs> of course I did. Of course I did. Yes, you're a Halloween chick. And by the way, I, these theme weeks sound amazing. Um, can you explain why most of the gay men's crush, which is Danny Roberts in the real world, New Orleans, who of course had the military boyfriend who could not ask or could not tell Paul. Are, what's the deal? Why do you? What I know you had him on your pod, which was a great app. But is like, that what how do we friendship? wind up in New Orleans together at Halloween? Yeah. Okay. So I had interviewed him for the first time during COVID, like before they did the homecoming thing, and we had like we like retained like a really nice relationship. He wound up um, my the other person who made me gay. Did you watch? Do you know who Genesis from the Real World Boston is? 99% sure. Genesis. She's got blonde hair. She was like the feminine lesbian on Real World Boston. She was like in AOL chat rooms talking to trans people. 500% I remember her. Oh, Real World Boston was... was Under, underrated. underrated. Underrated and also like really formative for a lot of people. So I had told Danny like offline when we were just chatting, I was like, you know the one that I really want is Genesis. And and I had made contact with her because at that time I was interviewing a bunch of real worlders. And he's like, oh, I'll get her to do it. I'm like, I don't know. Like she told me that she like basically would love to, but doesn't like the sound of her voice. And she doesn't even do like friends of hers who are in the industry. She doesn't even do their podcasts. So cut to like a year and a half later, out of nowhere, I get a DM from Genesis. I'm ready. Let's do it. <gasps> And that was Dan. Danny like made that happen. What was your reaction when you got the DM? I mean, I like s- stopped cold in my tracks. Mm. Truly. I wish that feeling for everyone to have a DM from a real world cast member crush. Go on. I mean, I, I mean, this is like my number one for like life. So then what happened was. I actually went, like, coincidentally, I was going to New Orleans for two months for, like, the winter, like, January and February, just, like, working remotely there. Like, I needed a break from New York. I was, like, going Mm -hmm. through shit and needed an escape. I went there. And then when I came back, that was when Homecoming was on. And so I interviewed him again. And also in preparing for my like stint in New Orleans, I was like, where should I stay? Like we were very much like talking New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So when I interviewed him that second time, he was like, you know, my dream is to throw a Halloween party in New Orleans. And I was like, Danny, I can make that happen with one hand tied by, behind my back. I'm now a New Orleans expert. I just lived there for two months. And he's like, well, we should talk. And like, we made it happen. But you prove, I think what you prove that I, it's so inspiring to me is that the connections that can be made in any sort of realm, but especially among queer people, all it takes is the effort to put yourself out there and then to be vulnerable and continue the connecting. It's like, it's one of my biggest fears when I started this podcast was like, well, I feel like all the work is worth it. And Mm -hmm. I found out pretty quickly that what makes it worth it is are the people I get to connect with. And like, and that story, I mean, the genesis of it all, the Daniel Roberts of it all, the the fact that you find yourself parting in new Orleans with him, 
that I, and that I had lived there, like suddenly I was the New Orleans expert. Like suddenly I was like, Danny, I know exactly where we should do it. Like, because I had, I was like, I know the perfect place. And so I, because I had spent so much, it's like this like queer, every night they have like three like queer shows. It's all like queer comedy, drag, you name it, like sex shit. Like they do tons of stuff. And it's like the, the New Orleans section of maybe like Bushwick, I guess we'd say. Sure, sure, sure. And that theater, literally, I, I'm like, this is one email away from like, guess how, by the way, guess how much it cost to rent out this entire venue with a bar. They had two bars to rent this venue Halloween weekend. I'm nervous. Was it like, it's either really high or really low. Well, how much would that have cost in New York City? A party for 150 people, private, you can, you know, we'll hook you up with a DJ. Many, many, many thousands. $300. (gasps) New Nolan. And get this, they're like, I'm like, okay, can I like, I'm like emailing, I'm like, no problem. (laughs) And I'm like, should I just like Venmo it to you? They're like, no, 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 we only take cash. So I'm Venmoing, I'm like Venmoing my friend who lives there. I'm like, I need you to just like take this $300 down, like put it in an envelope with my name on it. Like that's how it like works down there. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> did, um, what did, did any sparks fly between you and Genesis? She's married. Fuck. Yeah. We're going to find your Genesis. We're going to find yeah. your Genesis. Um, Before I ask you the next podcast question so I can make make my files complete for my matchmaking service for you, um, do you um, prefer a certain look? And if you're talking at a party and you're meeting someone, who's talking more, you or Genesis or the Genesis in your life? <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. Who's talking more? Probably I would be talking more. Okay. So we're going to find your coffee meets beta, as I call them. Probably, um, probably. I although I am very charmed, like I find that I am, or people like, can match. No, they got, I can't have somebody as intense as me. It's got to no. be like a notch below. Otherwise, I'm going to have a heart attack. Same, it's, same, same. Um, You're asking like my type, like who's my. Yeah. I mean, listen, I love red hair. I love, I love dark, like dark hair, dark eyes. If we're doing red hair, I like green eyes, dark hair with Mm. green eyes. You can pitch a hot woman. Which is so funny because Genesis is blonde. So like, listen, we're all able to step outside of our stereotypes. (laughs) Can I just say how beautiful it is that you're allowing yourself to step step out of your stereotypes to like a blonde hair, blue eyed woman. (laughs) So strong. Um, (laughs) Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Can I tell you something? When I was when I was in New Orleans, I'm on the apps, right? And I'm on Tinder, which I had was never I, I was in a very long relationship. Like I was legit married. Like, I remember I remember hearing I that right before COVID. Yeah. I mentioned you, it in the kickoff to the like a decade long relation. That's part of the reason I went to New Orleans was because I couldn't escape the <sighs> it, it was like I had it was never ending. So Cut to me in New Orleans, and I was—I've never been on—I was never on Tinder, even in my. Of yeah. course, I've always been on dating apps, like when I was younger. But or dating, they weren't even apps then. They were like OkCupid.com. Okay, That's what I did, yeah. And so I'm on Tinder because, like, listen, I'm just here for fun. I'm here. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I wind up meeting this chick, Kate, who she's mad. She was married to a man she's oh but she dates women on the side he doesn't he's like she's still with the man but she's allowed to they have a kid surf and turf yes and so she like became like my girlfriend like i mean in my i mean you had a new orleans you had a new orleans love like affair and And she has red hair and green eyes Listen, That's there's where nothing I was, I'm than landing a the plane. Romance. That was the landing of the plane. Of you story. landed it, honey. Oh my God, what a gorgeous story. And by the way, I love that that happened for you and for her. And can you just imagine the thoughts that she was having about this magical being from New York who rocked her fucking world? <laughs> there are, there are mm. photos of us on Instagram. I'll, I'll, I'll and send we you. shall be diving. <laughs> uh, but speaking of diving, I'm going to deep dive into the next podcast question, which is Jess Rothschild. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. Who would you save? I really thought a lot about this. And I think the correct answer for me is Clea Duvall. <gasps> no one has said Clea Duvall that yet. Um, Jess, gorgeous answer. Thank tell you. me, tell me why. Oh my god. Oh, wait. I mean, I think I know why, but tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> why not was, why not <laughs> tell me more why not um what's the the clay duvall is it is it because of her queer um she's my type i love yeah. a okay here's here's why first of all she's always been out she's always you know mm-hmm. but i'm a cheerleader she's got yep, that yep. edge i i need an edge that's like my driving thing that creates like sexual chemistry for me yeah, 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 yeah. it's like i need somebody that's like got some edge some toughness around them and I mean, listen. Unapologetic. Her only flaw, truly, her only flaw is that she wrote that horrific movie, Happiest Ending, with um, fucking Kristen Stewart, which is the and one of the worst what? movies ever made. We can forgive, none of but us, we listen, don't forget. None of us are perfect. 
None of us are perfect. And by the way, I feel I this is the recent, like, unfortunately, deep creative thought I've had recently. But like one of I'm realizing one of the biggest success factors for people we love is that they create without fear of it being as being the worst thing they ever make. And they keep making. And Clay Duvall made her worst thing and then soldiered on and that we have to give her snaps for because but she it's did hard. but she did have the foresight to cast jinx monsoon before jinx's renaissance and then we can now thank claire duval for seeing into the future yes. the future is she knew she knew the future is a um, narcoleptic witchy jew from portland so. oh my god um, i'm in love with jinx monsoon oh same jinx same, is same. my type I think I I think I mean this is more for me and my therapist or maybe us offline. I think I could date a trans woman. I love that thought that's coming I through because I think it, I'm I'm not on any apps right now but, but I recently told Karen like recently all of my crushes have been trans women that I know in real life that I'm like meeting in real life. Of course they're all fucking married or whatever, but you know. What I love about what you're saying is Something that I thought about, too, which is that our minds, I think, expand the more that we live on this earth and are exposed to things. Because by the by, let's just talk about how the people getting arrested for being gay in the 50s Mm -hmm. are today's world of them fucking blocking gender affirming care for people around the country. And so it's like that same criminalization of queer people. And so, of course, on the one side, it's fully fucked but on the other side we are also fighting for our trans family members and learning about who they are how and how we can support and also how fucking hot they are and so i think did, that did you watch the peacock version of queers folk i didn't oh i did not which is cancelable because i have interviewed people on that show but i've not watched oh it. you should watch it okay so it's great I love the original Queer as Folk, like the Showtime yeah. one, which is not even the original one. You know what I right. mean? The U.S. one. Yeah. Watch. This is hard recommendation for your listeners and you. Watch the Peacock Queer as Folk, which was also canceled. Um, it The stars of it, it, it stars a trans woman and her non-binary partner. And then there's like hot gay guys around. Right, right, but right. the lead woman is this actress, Jesse James Keitel, who I'm fucking obsessed with. Mm great plug and um any listeners please that want to cancel me for having not watched it i'm gonna do it well unfortunately because we have to get towards the end of this ep i'm gonna make sure that i have asked about um the the i want you to tell i want you to give a, a piece of advice before the final podcast question which is because i really respect you for having gone through this really long relationship getting out of it and then sort of climbing out of the difficulty into really like living this life of creating amazing shows traveling having your love affairs is there any piece of advice that you would give to someone coming out of a very tough breakup or a tough period as to what they can look out for for the glimmer of hope that the tomorrow is going to be better i would say Go to places like Fire Island. Go to mm. places like Provincetown. Even if you, if because that summer, uh, my, I had a, a life changing breakup in mm. February of 2020. 
Mm-mm. It was that summer that I really got entrenched in the community. And I was alone. I, a friend invited me out, but then I kept going out and I wasn't going with, I just, this is a place, Fire Island is an easy place to just like throw on a backpack and like go. And the people who I met, some of the people I met there, I we, it turns out we live blocks away from each other in the city. And like, we now hang out like once a month. It's a year round, like, and we redo our reunion. Like it turned out we were all staying in the same share house by accident. Oh. We, we met, we all booked it on Airbnb. It is a place, and Provincetown is also a place where you can meet people in the most surprising ways. And that is the thing that has worked for me. And it sounds like it's going out of your comfort zone. I think it's uh, it's a friend, a dear friend of mine, went to a town in Northern California called Guerneville that apparently is a, a similar vibe of the P towns in the Fire Island, mm-hmm. just a little smaller, but a queer oasis and. He said that he went out on a limb and went to a party by himself and had one of the most like affirming weekends of his life because it was so unapologetically queer, but also like so many different types. And I think that really embrace people. And I love that's such good advice. And even I, who am not going through a terrible breakup, but I'm going through like a post pride lowness. And I think that I... I'm absolutely going to be taking that advice and finding a place like that to go to. Um, the way that I need to end this episode, as devastated as I am, is to ask you the final question I did not prep you on, which is, Jess, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Okay. The correct answer is Ghost. However, <laughs> however, I'm going to give a strong, strong plug for Sister Act because... Sister Act 1 and 2 were both written by Paul Rudnick, who fucking stars in Finding Fire Island and is going to light up your ears. This man speaks with the words that come out of his mouth are like poetry. He owned oh my a, God. He owned the iconic pyramid house in the Pines with his husband for 16 years. He tells What a fucking full circle moment. He's in almost every episode starting with episode three, which comes out this week. And he is, he's a figure of like a Brian Moylan or a uh, Ben Rimmelauer. He's a rock hunter. And he wrote the first Wives Club, Sister (gasps) Act, Jeffrey, (gasps) In and Out. Not have, never have I ever heard a better answer plug and full cirque everyone listen to finding fire island do you like that i somehow wrapped Rupi goldberg into a plug for my own shit are you kidding <laughs> me that's what we call an artist huh that's what we call a wordsmith and that's what we call us a, a, a genius listen to finding fire island let's do hot takes and deep dives but more importantly jess is going to tell us where can we find you and follow you you can stalk the shit out of me at jess x nyc Instagram, whatever we're doing over on threads, Twitter, all that. But Instagram is like, if you want to listen, if you want to, if you're cute, you you listen, you know my type at this point, please slide into my DMs. Slip in, please. honey. <laughs> Jess, you're a star. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to see you IRL, maybe in P-Town or Fire Island or beyond. I would love it. God, do I love you for listening to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. You've made my dreams come true, and you continue to do so. If you have not yet left your five-star review, now's the time. Click the button, do the button, and see my tushin'.
I will see you next week with hopefully gorgeous, scandalous stories from the gay nudie beach I attend. And support on Gay as Podcast Patreon for five bucks a month if that speaks to you. I love you so much. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com.